All right, guys and gals. Well, hey, we're back with another episode of Coffee with Coleman. I got a pretty cool guest here uh, that's part of kind of my EXP organization, if you will. Uh, we're not going to spend much time talking about that, but more importantly, uh, talk a little bit about Dylan's um, experience in the real estate industry and really what works for him and not work for him. So if you're listening to this, like, I hope you take a few nuggets out of this that you can implement into your business. Uh, Dylan does a great job with marketing, but nonetheless, Dylan, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, just kind of reading a little bit about you and, and knowing who you are, right? You were deployed with uh, the Marine Corps uh, at 21, uh, served some time in Iraq. Uh, let, let me ask you about that and like what your experience is there and then the journey that kind of led up to you becoming a real estate agent. Yeah, so I grew up, you know, on the big island. And when you grow up on an island, you're very sheltered. <clears throat> so I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life when I was graduating high school. And I had an uncle that had spent 30 years in the Marines. And so my mom thought it might be a good idea to go into the military. And I just thought, hey, why not? You know, I don't really want to go to college or uh, go to work here because you kind of get stuck if you just start working, you know, in the, the normal serv service or um, construction industry. So... I didn't have like a big dream, you know, so you have a big dream to like serve in the Marine Corps or something like that. And it wasn't really like that. It was just, that was the first recruiter that came and talked to me. My uncle sent him to, sent him to come and talk to me. And it, it was probably the most important thing that happened in my life, you know, not, not just up until that point, but till today, just because it, it shaped the rest of my life and who I am and, and really gave me leadership skills that, um, you know, has, has greatly benefited me in the future and the biggest thing is is a mindset thing like you can go through an experience like going to war and kind of take you know take it take away from it what, what two different two, two different ways right i mean a lot of people get messed up by it i can totally understand that um i feel like it, it gave me a perspective that i'll never have a hard day ever again in my life after that experience so every day that i wake up and i and you know i say jokingly but i'm totally serious like every day that i don't get shot at is a great day you know, so no matter what's going on in life, challenges in business, deals falling apart, you know, all the stuff that happens in life, all the drama in life, I can just sit back, take a deep breath and say, you know what, nobody's shooting at me. So it's all right. You know, it's going to be OK. And so that that was really the thing I took away from that and has um, just had a huge benefit and impact on my life going forward. Yeah, that's interesting. You talk about like every day is a good day that I'm not getting shot at. Right. You know, a lot every of reasons, you know. It's, uh, you know, it, I don't know what the market's like out there, but we'll talk about it in a second. And the market for us here is, you know, it, it's difficult, right? Low inventory, real high demand, multiple offers on homes. You know, you're kind of banging your head against the corner of the wall. Like, how do I get, uh, you know, if you're working with heavy buyers, like how do I get more purchase agreements accepted and that sort of thing. So it feels like all you're taking all these lumps, right? And so it's, it's interesting you put it in that perspective. So how did you come into like real estate? Like what ultimately led to that? It was a long road. So I, I came home from Iraq in 2003, right? You know, I was one of the first folks to come home from, um, from getting deployed. So that was when my enlistment was, was ending in, in August. So I basically went to Iraq, you know, Baghdad fell, um, was there for a couple of months and then they sent me home and a month later I got out, you know, so there's no like out processing or all that stuff that they do now. And, um, at that point I was like, you know, I wasn't sure what I want to do. I met a girl who became my wife on, on leave from Iraq and, um, she was going to college in, at, in Hilo on my, on, on my Island. And she was actually a classmate. And so I just thought I'm going to be a good idea to start college. And I had the GI bill and I could do that for free. So I enrolled in college and, um, 
started that, my mom had gotten into real estate when I was in high school, like right before I had graduated from high school. So I didn't reap the benefits growing up. I mean, we grew up pretty poor and, and you know, paycheck to paycheck. And, yeah. and uh, she started doing well in real estate, you know, kind of during my time in the Marine Corps. And um, so I was home at co- in college and she, she said, you know, I'm going to go get my broker's license and I want you to come in and get your real estate license with me because you could do the class together. And she had to do a couple extra days for a broker's license. So just being a good kid, I listened to my mom and it was not something I was not interested in or, you know, wanted to do, but she just felt like she could, she could send me business because on the, the, the college is on the east side of the island and she was on the west side. So if somebody wanted to see property on the east side, if I was licensed, you know, I was in college, I had time, I could go and show them. So that's kind of how I first got into it was I just went with my mom to real estate school and got my license and did it part time during college and thought, you know, this is not really what I want to do in life. And there were some other things I got into and I actually got into working in the political realm. So I did that for like 10 years where I worked for the governor and, and did different things, working on campaigns and stuff. And during that time, I, so I put my, my real estate license on ice and I got married, I had kids. And after about 10 years of that, I was like, you know, this is not a sustainable life, good life for my family. And so I decided in 2014, um, to get back into real estate. And, uh, my mom said, you know, she, she kind of encouraged me to, to, to do it. And my wife did also, I was kind of, you know, at a point in life where I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do. And my wife thought it was a good idea. My mom thought it was a good idea. Two smartest ladies I've ever met. So I said, you know what, maybe I'll just give this a shot. And so my mom was looking at kind of starting to slow down and retire. She had uh, married a broker, uh, that was the, the, the broker in charge of Coldwell Banker, the franchise here in town. And so, it was somewhat of an easy transition because I got back in and there was an established business there and I could, could help them and um, immediately had a, you know, a book of business through them. And so that's kind of how I eased back into it um, in 2014. And then, I mean, immediately did well. I mean, I'm just a hard worker. I have good work ethic, you know, and, and I can figure stuff out because that's the biggest thing about real estate, right? Is like, it's what you get out of it, what you put into it, right? Day, day one, when I said, I'm gonna get back into real estate, I just started going to the office for eight hours a day, right? I had nothing to do. I had no deals. I had no, no, no clients, but I was just there helping people, um, learning by osmosis, listening to the conversations that were going on. I had amazing mentors there. You know, my, my stepdad w- was a broker longer than I'd been alive. So, I mean, he, he knew, he knows more about how real estate than anybody does. And so, um, you know, my first year, did like 20 deals. Cause I would take every deal that anybody didn't want, right. Any little land deal, anything that was way far South out of the way. And, um, just started building the business from there and, and being a, you know, a learner, I, you know, I, I constantly look on YouTube, listen to podcasts, um, try and figure out, I figured out early on in real estate that everything you need to do to be successful, somebody's already done. Right. And they probably posted it, posted about it online. So it's like, there are no secrets. There are no, there is no secret sauce. Like you just got to figure out what works for you. for you. Yeah. And then go and find out the people that are doing it and then copy them, you know, rip off or duplicate Tom Ferry says R and D, right? You got to have R and D department, your rip off or duplicate department. And so I identified that like the, the team structure was something that was providing a better client experience and just making real estate more sustainable personally, right? Not having to work seven days a week all throughout the night. And so we kind of started with a family team, just my mom, my stepdad and myself, and we'd work all deals together and we'd always be available. <clears throat> and then about three years in, I convinced my brother to get his real estate license. And we had been trying to get him to do that forever because he was, he had the natural talents for it, was just doing other things 
um, in life. And he finally did it. He kind of burned the, he burned the boats, quit his job, you know, got it, went to the school, failed four times before he got it. He passed to get his license. And, uh, yeah, you know, a very, very common story, but you know, I tell people that story too, is an example that you gotta, you gotta be willing to burn the boats. Right. I mean, it wasn't like, I'm going to ease into this for six months. He's like, I'm going to do it. He quit his job. I mean, he had to, he had to make it. He had to succeed. Right. I mean, there was no, there was no turning back. And, um, so he got, he got involved, um, kind of started over the, like the transaction management piece of our business. And, you know, the first year one saw 50 deals transact and like really got a really quick education in the business through that. And as fate has it, our, our little, uh, Coldwell franchise got bought by a bigger Coldwell franchise. So we didn't own it. My, my stepdad kind of ran it for years, but he never, he never owned it. Yeah. And, he, um, the new owners, I just didn't jive with like, I'm a big feeling guy, culture guy, you know, just vibe guy. And I just immediately kind of had the, didn't get a good vibe. And I had just gotten my broker's license at the time. And so I told my parents, I was like, you know, this isn't going to work for me. Like, I just thought if I'm in a good environment, I can thrive. But if I'm not in an environment that I believe in and I can, th you know, that, that, feels right. It's going to be hard for me. So I started looking around. They said, you know, do what you're going to do. We're going to retire in a year or two. You and your brother figure out what you're going to do. You can do whatever you guys want. You know, uh, don't, don't worry about us. And so I started looking around and once you start looking around, everybody starts recruiting you. And at that point, you know, I had been selling like 10 million a year. So, I mean, people, people want you, right? I mean, everybody wants, wants to recruit you. And, uh, I started looking deeply at KW because it was a different, um, it was a different real estate model, right? Than everybody else had offered. There was profit share and there was some, you know, other stuff that was different. And through that, there was no EXP on this island. Through that, I kind of stumbled upon EXP doing my YouTube research because I'm a heavy YouTube researcher. And I saw all these mega ages from KW going to EXP. And I was like, what is going on with this EXP thing? So I looked into it and um, one of my mutual friends, a friend of a, of a friend who was with EXP on, a, on Oahu, called me out of the blue, just, you know, just a, just a reach out call. And that's why I tell people, you never know when somebody's ready to, to, to move. Right. Cause like I was unrecruitable. I mean, I was in this family team. You pretty much ran the, the office. And it, in most cases I was unrecruitable, but this guy didn't know that. And we had mutual friends. And so that's kind of how I stumbled upon EXP. And I moved to EXP at the end of 2018 and um, just started with my brother and a couple of agents that were looking for something different. And you know, three years later, I got 50 people on my team, you know, 70 plus in my organization. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's been life changing. Um, and it's exactly what I was looking for. And everything that I didn't like about the real estate industry, EXP had solved, right? I never liked the dog eat dog, every man for himself, you know, military guy, I'm a team player, abundance mindset. I believe we can all succeed together. And the EXP business model supports that to the fullest. And, um, I've been stoked ever since. I mean, and, and the, the growth and, and uh, just success has been beyond my wildest dreams. That's awesome, man. So talk to me <clears throat> about the agency, right? So the agency is something that you formed outside stepdad and mom, correct? Yeah. So I, I moved over with a couple of friends. We kind of brainstormed that what do we, you know, we wanted to have a real estate team, right? And, and so we, we had, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a, like good at picking colors and picking names and stuff. So uh, smarter one of my friends you know smarter than me had this idea it's, it sounds it just sounded it sounded high-end it sounded cool you know what i mean it was different we didn't really want to use a hawaiian word because it's like that people don't know what hawaiian words mean if you're coming from the mainland and our market is primarily a second home buyer's market and so um again it's one of those things that you know it's like, hey that sounds good let's let's roll with that you know so so, so we did <laughs> so you Wasn't, operate a team of what 50 plus people on the team now 
Yeah, um, we got 50 plus. There's like 42 producing agents. You know, some of them are new. We, we, we get a lot of new agents that join the team because we have such a, a strong support system. So I've taken, I mean, this, you know, now it's a dime a dozen. I mean, there's ton, tons of agents that, that, that in the beginning, you know, we'd get a, a friend of a friend who would move over who was with another company for a year and hadn't done any business or done one deal. And then they do 15, 20 deals their first year with us because just, just of support systems, lead generation, all the stuff that we do. And so, um, that word gets out and it kind of just builds like wildfire, you know, like year one, at the end of year one, we had 10 and the year in the year two, we had 25 and in year three, we had 50. And at this point, that's one of my major focuses in life, you know, problems in life is I never thought it would get this big, but then I'm thinking this could definitely be a hundred or 200. Right. And how, how, how do I support that? How do I scale that? How do I, what, what systems do I need to make that uh, workable? Right. And <laughs> make it uh, efficient. So, that, that's been my focus in the last like six months. So guys, for you guys that are listening to this, you know, Dylan and I ran across each other, I, I got <clears> been, uh, obviously through the EXP thing with him. We'll come back to that. But, you know, I, I, I really started paying attention to his marketing and his branding and the things that he does to educate his buyers and sellers throughout the process. And uh, there's a couple of things that showed up in my inbox about like, um, you know, just specific things to answer questions that buyers and sellers may have. And I think you do an awesome job of really relaying that information to a buyer or seller that kind of takes out their, um, you know, a little bit of the worry that they have when it comes to buying or selling real estate. What is your marketing strategy? What is something that some realtors could really benefit from based on what you do with your marketing? So, so in all honesty, right, I get asked this question all the time. And the, the, the truth is I'm very lazy, right? I, I like, not to do work that I don't have to do. And so, so early on, and that's why, I mean, I can talk systems and processes all day. Cause if you invest in a system and a process, it pays dividends forever and works for you for free. But early on, you know, my main marketing strategy is video. And the way it started was I looked around and, you know, one of the things that mantras I like, I love to live by is, you know, to get, you got to do what everybody else isn't doing, right? If you want to get what they don't have, you got to do what they're not doing. And I looked around and there was nobody doing video in my market. If you search, you know, Big Island real estate, you would get maybe some video walkthroughs of houses and stuff, but that's not helpful because that house sold six months ago and nobody cares. Might be nice to look at the pool and stuff, but there was nobody doing video. And then I would constantly get asked the same questions, right? From buyers who are inquiring. And I've always been kind of buyer heavy, online lead generation, buyer heavy. Um, and I just thought, shoot, if I, if I, if I just shoot a video and, and, and answer this question, every time I get asked a question, I don't have to get on the phone. I don't have to send an email back. I can just send them back a YouTube link and say, hey, watch this. And, you know, let me know if you have any questions. And so let it me started right there, Dylan. If, yep. if you guys are listening to this, right, I get asked this question all the time. Well, Colton, how do you come up with the content? He's telling me how to come up with the content. Listen to the questions your buyers and sellers have. Make a video about it. Put it on a YouTube playlist and just repurpose the shit out of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what, so I, when, I, when I started, I said, okay, I need to be consistent. So I said, let me see how many topics I can come up with. So I went back to like the last 50 things that, that somebody had asked me. Right. And I easily came up with 50 topics. I was like, okay, so I put them all on a spreadsheet, just schedule them. Okay. I'm going to do one a week for a year. Cause 50 will give me a year's worth of content. I can throw in some market updates and stuff and, and I can do this for a year and see what happens. And that's kind of how it started was I just, I just, was disciplined about putting it in my schedule. You know, every Monday I would shoot a video Thursday, I would put it out and it just started with that. And the beautiful thing about video, like you're saying, repurposing, 
I can shoot one short video. My videos, if you look at my YouTube channel, they're very low production quality, right? I mean, like, they, they don't have, like, a bunch of graphics and all that stuff. It's just me talking. There's a little bumper on the front. I mean, it's very, put a little music in the background. I have a guy that does it for me, 30 bucks each video. Like, it's not super expensive. I used to do it myself, but now it's not worth my time to, to do the video editing myself anymore. But if, once you shoot one video, it takes me 10 minutes, and at that point, I upload it to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, put it on my blog, on my webpage. I mean, I get, I get content for all of my different um, media resources. And so I don't have to do a bunch of stuff. You know, I get a, one good solid piece of content every month, every week, and then mix in all the other stuff. And so it's not hard. It's just one of those things like what, you just have to dedicate the time and do it, right? And just take action. And, and my big thing about video that I always preach to people is, done is better than good, right? Everybody worries about it being perfect and it being, you know, looking right and highly produced and all this stuff. And it's like, nobody cares, right? If you stumble, I'm like, I tell them, you got to be a one-shot wonder, right? I'm a one-hit wonder. I just, whatever comes out of my mouth, there's no editing. If I stumble, if I misspeak, I fix it. But it's natural. It's natural. It's genuine. It's just me and the people who watch it. And 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 it's taking years, you know, this doesn't happen overnight, but, but, I literally once or twice a week get somebody who, who contacts me because they've watched my YouTube channel and says, can you write me an offer in this house? It's the easiest lead conversion. I've never, I don't have to build a relationship with them. I have to talk to them. I mean, I got a $2.2 million house in escrow right now off of a guy who just watched me on YouTube is called me, said my house is in escrow in Arizona. Can you, uh, you know, I'm looking for a $2 million house. Can you help me? Yes. You know, and we're in escrow two weeks later, you know, I mean, yeah, and I want to give everybody a trick right here because I believe in video and it's a lot of what I preach around this marketplace when I'm talking to agents. And um, so there's two things that Dylan really brought up. One is like, how do I create something that I'll use the word ever is evergreen that, that has a life cycle that never ends, right? Mm -hmm. So you as a real estate agent are going to get asked the question like, can I get my earnest money back? You're going to get asked that question thousands and thousands of times if you're in this industry, right? So mm -hmm. he makes one video every time he gets that question, it's quick. Hey, just really quick, you know, watch this 30 second, 60, 90 second clip real fast, answers the question that the customer has. And then as he's talking about the person that has the, the home in escrow in Arizona, he's probably searching on Google, Hawaii real estate agents or something. And because Dylan's been so active about putting those 50 videos out there for years and years and years, guess who pops up first, right? So guys and gals, if, you, if you're not willing to do the video, I'm sorry, right? You need to quit being uh, scared. The second thing is it doesn't need to be highly produced. I preach this all the time. People are always wanting to say, well, I need a video editor. No, you don't need a video editor. You just need to do the video, right? And just get consistent with it. So I, I love that, man. Um, and then, so let me, let me tell you about the next thing that I've, you know, the next level thing that we've implemented in the last year or so is because I had built up such a, library of information about um, you know all of these videos about hawaii real estate and specific stuff that's weird to hawaii lava zones and flood zones and termites and all this stuff that we deal with what we turn that into is a nurture campaign so now we have if, if you come in as an online lead and you're cold you know you don't respond to anything we can't get a hold of you we put you on a, a six month nurture campaign every 10 days you're going to get an email from me it's basically a course right it's a course in buying real estate in hawaii and the the response rate is is off the chart because they didn't even ask for it, but now they're getting all this value add, right? They don't want to talk to somebody. They don't want to answer the phone. I mean, they're not ready. Maybe they're just browsing online or whatever, but now you're getting an educate, you know, free educational course about buying real estate in Hawaii. So you may not convert today, but when you're ready 12 months from now, 24 months from now, there's only one guy you're going to call, right? I mean, 
it's a no brainer. So, um, and that's, that's the secondary benefit. I didn't really think about in the beginning, but I brought on a, 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 a new agent who kind of became my marketing director and, and she's like, we, we should turn this into a course. So I was like, it's a genius idea. You know I mean? We haven't do anything. All the content's there. All you have to do is build the emails. And then when somebody doesn't respond to us, we just put them on the long-term nurture campaign in our CRM and boom. I always talk you know, about this too, like make, you got to make more value deposits than you ask for withdrawals, right? So what Dylan's telling you right there is he's taking all the videos that he's built. He puts them into a nurture campaign every 10 days, a buyer, a new buyer, right? Dylan's maybe never, ever, ever, ever talked to him, right? That cold, that cold buyer. Yeah. I mean, 90% of them will be cold. They don't, don't ever respond to you. Cold. And let's be honest, right? When I start looking at homes today on Dylan's website, I'm probably not ready to purchase for some cycle, right? Mm -hmm. So. Dylan, as a real estate agent, and I'll raise my hand here too, is we're not always the best at follow-up. So now he's built this system and he has it in place to where he literally takes you through the course of what buying real estate in Hawaii looks like. I think it's freaking brilliant, dude. Awesome, awesome job. We do a lot of similar stuff. It's, it's interesting. Let's talk about um, some of the growth goals, right? I, I want to get into the EXP conversation here because I think we've added value to the audience here. Why EXP, man? You looked at Keller Williams. You really believed in that system. Um, I have my own, obviously, uh, reasons that I've come over, but why are you here? Fundamentally, I watched my parents, you know, work and make a lot of money for a company. And then when they retired, you know, they got a little lunch and a certificate and said, thanks, good job. And I said, hey, I don't know if that's, you know, what I want to pursue and there's got to be a better way. And I did look into opening in the, in indie brokerage and you know, the costs are, are very high. It's hard to scale. Um, there's tons of personal liability. So there's a lot of downside to that. And with, with EXP, it was just, and, and again, it was, it was funny because in the beginning it was kind of like, it's got, it's almost too good to be true. Right. So like year one, I didn't even tell anybody about it. Cause I was like, I gotta have proof of concept. This is, this isn't like some, you know, scheme, you know, it, it, it seems, this seems crazy to me. Pyramid scheme, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all, you know, all the negative connotations and stuff, but it really revolutionizes the, the compensation model to agents. So if you don't want to be on the hamster wheel of selling real estate and, you know, and I joke, right. Real estate agents don't retire. They die, right. They, they work until they die. Like you don't, you don't see a retired real estate agent too often. And that's because the, the business model doesn't, doesn't allow for it. Right. No matter how big of a business and how successful you are, there's no sellable asset at the end of it. Right. You just, you, you're just done. And, and maybe you can pass your business off and get referral fees or whatever, but then you still have to stay licensed there's no kind of long-term exit strategy. And when I saw that everybody gets stock ownership, I love that because that's something that everybody can benefit from, right? You don't have to be a broker owner. You don't have to be a franchise owner. You don't have to be a regional owner. Um, all you got to do is sell real estate and you can, you can build a significant amount of wealth just through stock ownership, which is, this is the only company that offers you that. So that's, that, that was a big one. Um, the, the revenue share piece was huge for me because again, I had, a goal of, of building a team and one of the disincentives to growth and team building in real estate in the normal business model is you help somebody, you train them, you grow them, you, you know, you, you make them, you help them be successful. And then somebody recruits them away from you, right? They poach them away from you and offer them a better deal or whatever. And you lose them and all that time that you had invested is wasted. And in our model, that's not the case at all, right? You want, you want, your people to be successful. You want them to go off and start their own team and, and, and grow a huge organization because you're always going to have that relationship with them through revenue share. And 
all the people that they they bring into the company and and help be successful are also going to benefit you so it just turns the the whole model up on, upside up down on its head and it just makes so much sense that everybody it it, it it supports a culture of success right you want everybody to be successful and that's definitely my goal in life i mean i i you know at this point i saw um a guy that i look, look up to on the on the west coast in cdxp and he, and he posted online um I'm finding out a point where my success is completely dependent on the success of others, right? And I think that's awesome. Like, I mean, we can individually be successful, but when your success is is amplified because you've helped others, um, that's when that's when real success comes, right? That's when real financial freedom comes. And with EXP, I mean, it didn't. I didn't really know in the beginning, but there's light at the end of the tunnel in a short amount of time. Right. I mean, I've, you know, I've been telling my wife, like in, in four or five years, I think we can be done. You know, if, if, if we if we do this hard, if we go hard for the next four or five years, I think we can be done, you know, in terms of putting in the, you know, the 40, 50, 60 hours a week and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be done, done. I'm not going to just go and, you know, and sit on the beach. But our, our focus can shift away from the daily grind of selling real estate. And, you know, I would love to shift into a role of just being a coach, mentor and broker to people, you know, and not having to worry about. Um, the day-to-day aspects of selling selling homes. I mean, I, I love that aspect too, but it's way funner when you can see, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 other people succeed at a high level. You know, and that's all the thing, you know, I always talked about it. We'll back up the conversation about, you know, growing your own team was the hardest thing was, you know, the, the public doesn't really see that the back doors is as open as the front door, right? So it looks like you're bringing all these people in. I grew an 80-person team when I first got into real estate my third year. And I, I struggled with the same things, right? Like you would, you would, pour so much into these people and then they would take off they would go to another broker maybe they stayed in with the broker but they ultimately left your team and so there was no financial compensation for you as a team leader Mm -hmm. let's be honest as a team leader there's one of two things one you're trying to leverage your activities or two like you have like a mission in life to contribute to others and help them and succeed and that sort of thing right and so i led with both principles like how can i replicate myself but then also like how can i pour into others and give them what's worked for me. And ultimately inside other models, it just never came true. You never benefited from that. So I think it's interesting. We see the same, same thing there. It's, it's funny though, whenever I hear you talk, because you know, I run into a lot of conversations and, and introducing EXP to a lot of things. And the conversation never goes the way I intend it to, to start, right? They always think that I'm trying to choke something down their neck in regards to the revenue share. I want you guys to all pick up on something. Dylan leads from the space of contribution. How can he help others succeed? And that is ultimately what we're about, right? It's more collaboration and community and and culture than it is, oh my gosh, I need you to make all my dreams come true. No, it's come and and be successful amongst all of us. So I love that. Um, And and four or five years, man, I agree, dude. You got to push four or five years really hard. And then um, I think you can kind of set your sail, if you will. What's the best advice as we kind of wrap this up that you would give to a real estate agent that is trying to grow their business? Go to work every day. Yeah. You know, I think that's the, I mean, it's the, that's the biggest struggle I have is, you know, I'll get a new agent that's struggling. I'll come in and say, Hey, I'm having a hard time. You know, I don't have anything going on. You know, what should I do? And I just tell them, show me your calendar for the last five days. What did, what did you do the last five days? So I, you know, I was doing this thing. I went to the beach. I mean, how much time do you put in the real estate, right? I mean, that's, that's at the end of the day, there's no secret sauce other than showing up, right? Showing up is 90% of the battle. And if you show up every day, you will find things to do, right? I mean, whether it's building your systems. And that's one of the things I did early on was 
I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I spent time setting up an email system, set, set, setting up a reference sheet so I could write contracts, you know, setting up a good organizational library of resources that I would have, stuff that would help me, that would benefit me when I did get busy. So to me, it's like almost like manifest destiny, right? Like if you have the mindset that I'm going to have a, a massive business, what do I got to do today when I have nothing going on? I have time to build the structure to support that the business will come, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's so yeah, to me, just showing up, I mean, you get, you get out of it, what you put into it. There's a, a direct function of if you, if you're putting into it and, and I see this every single day, right? The agents that come into the office and, and put time in when they got nothing going on business manifest, right? I got, I got on my wall, right? The, the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. People think we're lucky. You know, they look at success and say, oh, you just, you're just lucky. Bullshit. You know, like we, we put a lot of time and effort to get into where we're at. So that's, we say it all the time. You know, I talk to my agents all the time, like what you're experiencing now is a direct result of what you've done in the past. And you know, you got to plant seeds in order to harvest. So it's absolutely, man. Um, let's talk a little bit about like what, in your opinion, like what are some character, like the one characteristic you gotta have as a real estate agent, um, to be successful. I think there's two. So, 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 so one is discipline, self-discipline, right? You got to, one, one showing up, right. And do, doing the work, doing the hard thing first every day, just having a level of discipline to put the time and effort in that, that it takes to be successful. The second one is, is more of an emotional mindset thing. To me, you have to, you have to be able to disconnect yourself from the emotional hardships that happen in real estate and if there's anything that i was naturally gifted with and, and again this is kind of goes back to my military experience is i quickly move on right whether it's a a good thing or a bad thing i quickly move on and continue to focus on what's important for the day and and i and i get so many i have so many of these you know psychiatrist sessions with my agents where you know bad thing happens somebody treats them badly or a deal falls apart and it destroys them for two days. You know, their mindset just goes out the window and they're, you know, now they're down in the dumps for two days and, and you just can't let that happen. And I don't know if that's something you can teach or you can kind of train yourself to do, but I've just been one of those, you know, I'm a live in the moment kind of person. Right. So it's like, if something terrible happens five hours ago, like I, I just don't even, and, and I le really learned that from my, from my uh, father-in-law, like he was really good at that where, you know, he'd have this really bad situation and then, you know, you talk to him five minutes later and he wouldn't be grumpy about it or he wouldn't be, you know, bummed out about it. It wouldn't let him affect the rest of the stuff that he had to do. So that's, a, that's just a mindset thing, but that's a huge aspect. And same thing with, with wins, right? You close a big deal. If you're going to dwell on that for two or three days and be happy about it and then go easy because you just closed a big deal. Now you're not building the, you're not, now you're not going after the next big deal. And so I think it, it works both ways. And I just, I just got back from a, uh, Tom Ferry conference and Tim Grover was the speaker and and he 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 was uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade's uh, strength and conditioning coach. And one of the big takeaways I had from that is he said the the greatest winners have the shortest memories because when you miss the shot, you can't let that mess mess up the rest of your game. And when you win the championship, you got to go back and start working the next day to win the next championship, right? So if you you have to have a very short memory to be highly successful. We uh. We talk, I played professional golf for years, and we talked about every shot having the same low level of importance. <laughs> That's good. Because, like, you know, a lot of times whenever I was in that, you know, playing professional golf, the last shot on Sunday afternoon had a lot more importance than the first shot on Thursday morning. You know what I'm saying? Right. Same thing in real estate, guys. And Dylan brings up a good thing here. Like, 
everything should just have the same level of importance, right? You can't get too high. You can't get too low in this industry or it just kind of takes you off course. So I love you for sharing that, man. Um, let's wrap it up here. How can somebody find you? Um, you know, talk a little bit about your social feeds. Uh, talk about, you know, if they want to see what you're doing from a marketing perspective, I, I, I encourage you guys all to jump on his newsletters that you're getting. Um, how can somebody find you, man? I'm, I'm blessed to be the only Dylan Onaka in the world. So if you, if you put Dylan Onaka in the, in the search bar in Google, all my stuff comes up, but same thing with all the socials. I'm Kona Broker on Instagram, uh, by big Island is kind of my, my, uh, my brand. So if you look, if, if you search by big Island, you'll, you'll find all my stuff, but yeah, uh, same thing. You know, YouTube, you just put my name in, you'll find me. So I'm, I'm blessed to have a unique name. Dylan, you got anything else for him? No, I appreciate you, man. I mean, I, I love this. If there's anything ever, you know, anything I can do to help her, I, I always tell people, if you need somebody to kick you in the ass, just call me and I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you to get over it and, and get back to work. Dylan, I appreciate it, bud. Guys, go follow Dylan. He's a wealth of knowledge. If you guys have any questions for him, be sure you can reach out and he'd be happy to uh, have a conversation with you. Appreciate it, pal. Thanks, Josh. All right, take care now.